Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast that doesn't have a name, but we do know this is all about the drivers. Eric Wesley here with you, along with the usual crew of Frank Carroll. Frank, how are you today? Doing great, Eric, man. Thanks. Glad to be on another episode. Glad to have you back. And Mike Kwiatkowski is joining us as well. Mike, what's going on? Hey, Eric, doing well. Um, trying to get my computer to work. I was I was traveling this week in Houston, had a great session. We actually had a day and a half session with the Houston drivers with uh, Karen, the president of the union, as long with Leonard, the VP for the region. Got a lot of great feedback um, about Houston in, in particular. Um, got to meet the guys from Flix. They came over this week, got to meet with them a little bit. So it's been a real busy week. Glad it's Friday and looking forward to the podcast today with Dwayne. You're down in Houston while the Astros were up here uh, tying up the series with the Rangers. Oh, it was painful. I was sitting there watching the game on TV and all these Astro fans are going nuts and I had to be real quiet or else I was afraid I'd get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you're back and you made it back in one piece. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to focus in today on Veterans Day. It's coming up in, in November, on November the 11th. And we have a number of Greyhound employees who have served in the military, including today's guest, uh, driver Dwayne Franklin is with us. He has served in the armed forces, so we're going to talk with him and find out more about his service and his career at Greyhound. Dwayne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. We are definitely glad to have you and to uh, talk more uh, with you. Uh, I'll start things off by uh, asking you to uh, just give us a little bit of your history with Greyhound, how long you've been with the company, uh, positions you've served in, and so forth. Oh, been been here with Greyhound for 26 years, started in 1997, has been driving ever since. Okay, a couple of decades, almost three decades. Um, what's the uh, key to your success for 26 years? You know, I don't, I don't know. I just... I was always raised that when you do it, you, you're, you're hired to do a job, you do the job. And that's what I've done with it. I've had fun with my, my, my entire career. I remember you telling me a story like your first day on the job. My first day? Yeah. Oh, it was a overnight trip to Washington, D.C. Wow. And, and it, <laughs> it, cha it changed a lot about my perspective because, you know, doing this, a lot of people come into it thinking, oh, because I drive my car all night long, I can I can do this easily. No. And I was one of those people. And I found out the hard way that night. No, you can't. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole lot different. When you came to Greyhound, Dwayne, did you have any experience driving a bus? I had no commercial experience whatsoever. When I filled out the application and came here, the only qualification I met was the age. <laughs> I literally, I literally did not have a, even have a permit until a week before I went to school. Oh wow! Wow. <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about your school experience. I mean, how long were you at school, and and uh, and then was there a phase three back then? How did it work back then? It, it, we had a phase. We had all three phases that we currently have now. It's just more. Ex it was just more expanded. Back then, we went to the main school. We were there for an entire month. So we wow, spent like okay. a, a week and a half. We didn't even come off the skill course for like a week and a half. And then, okay. then the process just grew. From there. Okay. So you had classroom time, but the primary focus was teaching you how to drive. Right. That's okay. correct. 
Now, how long did so, it take for you to get comfortable not having any experience and coming in driving? When did you start feeling like, okay, I, I've got this. I can, I can, I can do this. The last week. <laughs> the last week. Really? The, the, the last, the last week. But I, I, I had some really, really great instructors that that worked with me, including one that he just, he just stayed on me like a drill sergeant. That's, I think that's. That part of it was was what was familiar for me the most, but he basically encouraged me and told me, "Look, you can do this. Just just take your time, calm down, and don't get excited." And I just remember my last uh, check ride with him. We went to we went from we went from Chicago up, up into into Wisconsin, and we just we're just riding down the highway. He didn't say a word to me the whole time. We're just going. It's like so. Finally, like an hour and a half later, it's like. See, I told you. I didn't even have to tell you anything. Tell us a little bit about night driving. You mentioned your, your first run was a, a night run. What's what was was it get tough getting acclimated to night driving versus you know daytime driving? Well, I've always when it when it comes to the driving school, I've always said that the night driving course that we have now isn't night driving. Mm -hmm. Night driving is when you're driving that bus and the sun is coming up, mm -hmm. not not getting off at one o'clock or or two in the morning. Night driving is when you're getting started at two in the morning. And that was the part that was the part that that took the acclamations to me, because when we did the night driving in school, we were done by one thirty, two o'clock. And that first assignment that I took out of here, we got to Washington at six in the morning. So it's fighting through that drowsiness about three or four in the morning. Right. That 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 part of it, that part of it is what what got me to really readjust and reset. I was like, oh. This isn't my car. I can't do this all night. I have to I have to I have to learn how to manage my rest. Now, you served in the in the military. Uh, which branch did you serve in? I was in the United States Navy. The Navy. OK. For how long? For four years. And where were you stationed? Uh, stationed in San Diego. And we spent about two years dry docked in Long Beach, California. That's where that's where I, I started that's where my interest in Greyhound actually started because once we dry docked there every weekend, we were either on the bus back down to San Diego or on a bus to Las Vegas, me, me, me and my friends. <laughs> and that that's when I started learning. That's where my interest in Greyhound actually started. How did your time in the military kind of refine who you were as a person? It was, it was something that I had to learn over time. When I first joined, I was like, just about any other any other 18 year old that joins we we think it's one thing and then we find out it's something totally different and the one thing i learned the main thing i learned there was discipline and how to adjust to dis different circumstances i'd love to hear about especially when you coming in without experience how that trend that transition from that structure of military life uh to the Maybe even the structure or lack of structure. I don't know. You tell us uh, of being a Greyhound driver. The main, the main thing for me was the discipline, the discipline that the military gives you. And it, it grounded me enough because, you know, when I was in the service, I was 18, 19, just like a college kid. We were undisciplined. You know, we, we just did whatever, whenever. But I learned that discipline over those four years. And it it was it was very helpful with me in the in the training course in the training course that we took. What helped you to overcome those challenges of maybe a difficult uh, 
a passenger or say maybe multiple days without a day off or, you know, all the common challenges that we hear for new drivers, what helped you to overcome those and kind of settle into your groove as a driver? Well, when I, when I came to Greyhound, I was single. I, I, I would, wasn't married, didn't have any kids. So, you know, and I was just, you know, starting, starting the rest the next chapter of my life. So I already knew I had to, I had basically had free time to just work and build myself up to get the things that I needed to get to get acclimated and get started. So I basically worked. What advice would you give um, a new driver coming out of the military and transitioning into uh, the workforce at Greyhound? What would you tell that person uh, to help them be successful? I would just tell them to basically rely rely on your military training. You know, being in the military and, and working an extra board at Greyhound is, it has its similarities. You know, you, you okay, you, you go on a deployment. We do that. Our extra board drivers do that. They'll leave town and never come, won't come back for about two weeks. So you, you're already acclimated to that. And you're, you're pretty much trained to, you, you deal with all sorts of people in the military also. It's the same thing here. It's very interesting that the pair there's so many parallels, a parallel between a you know enlisted man or whatever it may be and, and the extra board. That's that's very interesting. Dwayne, was there like a do you remember there's a person or a trip that you had in your 26 years that kind of it would stick out in your head like, you know, this character that I had on this bus did this or that? Every story every Greyhound driver has a great story about a certain passenger or even a even a manager or a trip. There's there's so many of them. I, I I don't really rank them. I just I just learned what the job was. I remember I did an assignment and I ended up for the day in Evansville, Indiana. And I just pulled the bus up and there was this there was this woman standing out there just and the second I pulled the brake up, she just started tearing up and crying and and just just shaking. I thought something was wrong. I opened the door and let everybody off. And then I guess this is her daughter or something. She just ran out and tackled her. I said, and they looked at me and they just said, thank you so much for, for, for bringing my child home. And that's when it really dawned on me. And it was like, okay, this is what I do. Yeah. This at the end of the day, this, this is what I do. This is what we do. Yeah. We reunite families. we, we 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 we're we're the first start of of starting a new life. We're the first chapter. Sometimes there there are a lot of things that go into it. You seem to have a quiet confidence about yourself. I mean, has has it, how has that helped you in your interactions with you know your challenging passengers through the years or the difficult moments within the the driving career? I've learned to let man let management handle what management is supposed to handle. I, I've, I've learned a long time ago with that. Now, when I'm out in the middle of nowhere by myself, I, okay, I try to diffuse something as as much as I can. But you know, if the point you reach the point where somebody's it's it's not going to happen for you, then you just have to follow follow your training and your procedures. But you know that that is a rare that's a rare thing for me because one of the things I've always learned and I tried to do is have fun while you're here. Nobody forced me here. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have I can't speak for everyone else, but I'm gonna have a good time when I'm here. 
So uh, tell us a little bit of how you've kind of grown in the ranks in your in your career. I'd, I'd love to hear. I know you're extra board. When did you first get your first regular run, and then how did you grow from there? Well, Charlotte was a was a unique place back back then. It was it was in the middle. It was right at the start of a transition. We had a lot of senior guys that were just starting to retire. So I really I really got my first run in like my second year, and. The guys played up. The guys played played a prank on me. It, it was a, it was one of those night driving runs to Jacksonville, Florida. That all the all the guys on the board just sat there and let me bid. And there was there was this one guy, one one extra board driver. He's a former army guy. Also, he's a he's actually was actually a ranger. And I and I just messed with him when I when he found out I got it and I did it a couple of times. I was like Lawrence. I love you to death and I know what will happen to me, but I'm ready to fight you right now. <laughs> he said, why? I'm like, why did you let me bid this run? Like it was a 3 a.m. run to Jacksonville, Florida that got there at 12 noon and left at midnight and got back here at seven in the morning. Oh. And he's like, oh, you learned not to put your name on everything, didn't you? I said, yeah. <laughs> so from there, you got your you got your first run. How long did you hold that run and, and what did you do from there? I was on that one for for the summer actually. It was on, I was on that for the summer. Then basically it was off and on on the extra board for another another three years or so. And then from there, then from there, I was, there I've been been on regular runs ever since. I would uh, we had had beach runs that nobody wanted to do in the summer because they didn't want to be stuck in traffic. And then we had mountain runs in the winter that the same guys didn't want to do because they didn't want to get snowed in somewhere. So you never had a fear of, of, of uh, especially that winter weather, winter driving. That that's, that can be tough. I know. Well, I trained in Chicago in the dead of winter, so so I was I was already prepared for that. Dwayne, meeting those challenges like that that nobody else wanted to do is that something that's always been in your in in your DNA, or did the military help that? The military actually helped that for me. It it, it taught me it taught me. And, and my upbringing taught me never be afraid to try something. You know, they're always you, you'll know you'll know whether you like it or not. Just don't be afraid to try it. Don't be afraid. And like I said back then, yeah. back then I was I was single. You know, it didn't really matter. Just let's go. Besides, I like the winter anyway. <laughs> do Do you pass that advice along to new drivers? I do. I, I pass it along to them all the time. There There are certain things that they that that guys would come to me and ask me about. And I was like, you know, don't don't be afraid of it. You've been you've been trained to handle this situation. In in your estimation, how different are drivers today than the time when you first started with Graham? How are they different? Or are they or are they different? They they are, but at the same time they aren't. You know, you they I mean, let's all face it. We we are dealing with a new generation here. And and they are they are different, but me I've learned how I've learned how to how to talk to them and and see where see where they are, and a lot of them I can I can always offer them good advice if I know what the scenario is. Like I don't just I don't just go in just sparking a conversation, but you know I I just they sometimes they'll just walk up to me and just ask me a question and to the best of my ability I'll answer it for them. Is there any particular driver that poured into you uh, in your early days? Everybody we had here in Charlotte poured into me. 
And that, I, I mean, it, we we had our good drivers. We had our bad. I knew who to follow and who not to. Because like like everywhere else, we've got our good people. We got our good apples. We got our bad apples. And I learned who the bad apples were pretty quick. So I just I just stayed away from those. And, and I learned from the guys, the guys ahead of me, even to a point where where I actually I was instructing for a little while for for just a, just a couple of months. And I still remember I still remember the hot coffee test. And I did that to a couple of students. They're like, what are you doing? I'm going to set this coffee right here on this dashboard. If you knock it over, you fail for the day. <laughs> I've heard about that one. Yeah. The hot coffee test. Mm-hmm. How did that work out? Did they did they knock it over? <laughs> a couple of them did, but I was just, just messing with them. Right. Because right. I did it too. And ironically enough, my my favorite instructor was was right here in Charlotte, Miss Miss Stevens, who uh, passed away recently, a couple of about a month ago. And, you know, she did. She was the first one to do that to me. I'm going to set this right here. Don't knock it over. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about my uh, understanding is, is you've been involved with a union uh how did you get involved with union leadership and, and what has that meant to, for your career i i honestly don't know frank it, it just happened over time i just i had our i was here my shop steward shop steward at the time he just approached me like in my fourth year and asked me if i were interested in doing it and i me not being afraid to try new things said yes and I just had to take the time to to learn everything. He took me under his wing and and just just showed me everything that I needed to know. And you know, as it as it grew over the years, I've I got to networking out and met a lot of other people who I can take take pieces from back and forth there also. So so trust trust is is, is a huge factor. And I know as you grew in your career, um, my my experience with drivers has been that that. that Veteran drivers, driver instructors, union rep- representatives—they—they they, they garner a lot of respect among among the, the rank and file rank of, of the drivers. Talk a little bit about that respect and what does that mean for you? Well, when a, when a person starts here, when a, then they start out, they they're, they're only their only mentor per se is the senior driver that are here that are here at the time or their or their instructors. So. You know they they learn they learn from us. So one of the things I try to do is I try I, I try my best to lead by example. Are there are there things about about the job that I that I don't like? Absolutely, that's normal. We're 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 all we're all working. I'm sure Frank. I'm sure there's parts parts of your job that you don't like, Mike. There are things you don't like, Eric. Same thing. Right. But you you don't let it you don't let it control you. I've, I've, I've seen people, they, some of them, they come to me and they say they're just angry about this, that, and the third. And I said, look, Greyhound doesn't control your life. They control eight hours out of your day. Then you, then you, move, you move on. But mainly their frustrations are, you know, their frustrations are usually the lack of communication or, or, or am I supposed to be paid for this, that, and the third? And then that's when I sit them down and say, okay, tell me the scenario here and I'll tell you. I think the good thing, and I noticed, I think we're getting it. Sometimes you gotta let this stuff, you know, leave it at work. You know, can't take it personal. Don't don't sometimes. take it home. 
Don't yes. bring work home and don't bring home to work. That's well, a great said. philosophy. Yeah. Well said. I I I said it. I say it a little bit different in terms of compartmentalizing your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like yours a little bit better. I'm gonna have to steal that one from you, do I? That's all right. I don't. I haven't patented it yet. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> yes, because I tell you, if you don't have the ability to leave home at home, uh, your interaction with your customers, your interaction with your fellow drivers is going to be tough. Right, because you're bringing all that emotion into the workplace, and you and have then, to. As a driver, you have to because you've got a lot of responsibilities from the second you second you back off the track. Yeah, talk about that responsibility a little bit. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Well, every every time I every time I leave, it, it's I'm a simple person, and when I go out, I I already know. I, I compartmentalize and, and focus on the job because this this bus and every soul on it is my responsibility from the second I leave. And it's my responsibility until I park it at the end of the day. So that's that's where I try to keep I try to keep my focus and my mindset when I'm when I'm out. Now, do me and my passengers have fun while we're out? Absolutely. That's one of the things that makes the day go by for me. We there's always somebody on there that'll entertain you. And and that's what I call it. They'll, they'll entertain you. And once you get to know a few people, you'll you will have you will have a wonderful time. I don't I don't mistreat people. We all have fun on there. I've always told new drivers, you take care of your passengers, and they'll take care of you. Well, there's no there's no scenario that you can that you can get through that as long as you're as long as you're taking care of them, they'll take care of you. I mean, story like like you were asking. The very first time I went to New York City, I had no idea where it was or how to get there. I basically knew where I-95 was, and that was it. But me and my passengers, by the time we got past, by got into Delaware, we were having a good time, and they took me right in. They took me right into the Port Authority, and still said, "Thank you, and we hope to see you again." If you take care of your passengers, they'll take care of you. And same thing for managers, right? If managers take care of their drivers, the drivers are going to take care of the passengers and they're going to come back and they're going to spend their hard-earned money with Greyhound and it helps our business overall. So absolutely. You know, any managers that are listening out there, I, I guess the word of advice is, you know, take care of your drivers as well. Well, take care, take care of everybody. It's not not just the drivers. You have terminal employees also. You you, you know, you yeah. take care of everybody. Uh, Dwayne, I'll ask you one last question about Veterans Day and what comes to mind when you think about Veterans Day, and then we'll close it out. Well, what comes to mind for me, Veterans Day is just remembering my remembering my service, remembering friends I made out made it made in the service, and I still stay in contact with with a few of them. And and overall, what what being in the military what what being in the military means? What does that mean, being in the military? means being part of a team for one because the team the, the the mission can't succeed if the team does not work together and being part of the team means everybody has to do their job and all that i assume translates over into what you do now and what it you've does. been doing for the past 26 years it does everyone has to do their job for the for 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 the mission to be successful well we thank you for joining us it's been a pleasure talking with you today Absolutely. It's been my pleasure also. Thank you again for having me.
Absolutely. Thank you for joining. We may tap, tap you again, tap you on the shoulder again to have you join us as a special guest. But uh, most importantly, we just appreciate all that you've done, not just for our service to our country, but also to your fellow for your fellow drivers and service of them and, and uh, for our customers. So thank you very much. Thank, thank, thank you. Yeah, I want to second that wholeheartedly because I know Dwayne's been a big influence to a lot. He's helped a lot of people along the way in his role as a driver and a union rep. So thanks for that. And he's got a great voice for radio, guys. Have you noticed that? Yeah. 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 You know, Mike, you're not the first people on the bus tell me the same thing. I was like, well, <laughs> uh, if this if this old bus driving thing doesn't work out, I might look into it. <laughs> <laughs> we just got to stick it. Stick, yeah, stick a microphone in front of his face and let's just let it, let the tape roll. There you go. Absolutely. I got the face for radio, but Dwayne's got the voice for radio. <laughs> I can accept that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to bring this episode of the podcast. It's all about the drivers to a close. But as always, be safe and be stellar. And we'll catch you the next time around.